This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Kirsten, or our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR, part of a private equity Montague's portfolio of standalone companies. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and we are joined by EPFR's resident economist, Cameron Brandt. Each week, we like to share with you a little bit about EPFR's data, what we're looking at, the fund flows and allocations data that we track, and and how world news plays a role into that all. Um, Cam, how was your week this week? It's uh, been busy getting ready uh, for the SKO, um, and uh, we continue to do a fair amount of transitional work uh, to get EPFR up on its own feet as a standalone company. So, um, you know, plenty of uh, plenty of things to do on different fronts. But uh, the world outside our immediate concerns continues to be uh, interesting in the Chinese sense of the word. So uh, no shortage of stuff to chew over. No, definitely not. Um, so we've seen three groups show up in the headline of the latest Global Navigators. Bond funds were buoyed by lower inflation in mid-January. Emerging markets caught a wave too. And now Europe equity funds were the latest to catch a lift. Um, sentiment towards Europe assets has thawed rapidly. What are the major influencers here? So I think, uh, you know, there's a variety. I think the the, the biggest influence continues to be optimism uh, that um, the data is increasingly adding up to uh, an answer that will allow the U.S. Federal Reserve to stop hiking rates uh, and start signaling to markets when those rates might actually start uh, to go down, uh, but there's a, a number of other sort of causes for optimism. Uh, China's rebounding economy, though uh, it's yet to happen, everyone expects it will. Um, you know, is seen as good news for global growth and more particularly for the European economy. Uh, exporting to China has been a big part of their uh, growth model in recent years. Um, and hopes that uh, Europe will also have some internal drivers of growth of certainly um, gathered steam uh, in recent weeks as the uh, supply levels in the uh, natural gas storage tank farms around Europe remain at much higher levels than people were anticipating. So is our data aligning with the overall consensus that inflation fighting is close to over? Yes. And, you know, our, our bond fund flow data um, has basically shown a fairly high level of, of both skepticism and front running of the Fed uh, really since about the second quarter of 2020. Um, uh, inflation protected bond funds took in above average uh, inflows uh, from that period all the way up to the moment the Fed uh, said that maybe inflation wasn't as true transitory after all. Uh, and since then, it's headed briskly uh, in the other direction. Um, 
And uh, certainly, the, this, the feeling seems to be that uh, you know what the Fed has done is enough to do what it hoped to, and um, that uh, loading up on inflation, inflation protection at the moment uh, is not the best use of uh, disposable investment capital. Money market funds haven't been a topic on here for quite some time. Um, they did post a modest outflow after four weeks where $135 billion flowed in. 105 of that was institutional investor directed. Was this U.S. or China money market guided stretch or, or what are investors thinking about in the space right now? Well, I, th- I think that the, the U.S. flows were the main driver. Um, and, um, you know, c- certainly, uh, I, you know, I think in- investors have been uh, parking cash while they sort of look to see where they're going next. Um, U.S. money markets are short-term vehicles. They often hold cash for things that, uh, like uh, corporate buybacks, which, uh, as our colleague Winston Chua keeps illustrating, uh, are running at uh, still running at exceptionally high levels. Um, but you know, cash is also at the moment uh, being viewed as a, as a somewhat better asset class than it has been. Uh, you stick yeah, stick it in the right uh, near cash vehicle, such as a money market fund or an IRA, and you'll actually get a return. Now it may be well below inflation, but it is a return. Um, so you know, I think it's a combination uh, of factors. Um, and uh, you know, perhaps the more important aspect there is that what we do see in the uh, money market funds we track is um, that a fair amount of the cash that flowed in during the immediate aftermath of the pandemic shock back in 2020 uh, has stayed. Uh, and what that means is that there are still uh, excess savings available to sort of either fuel uh, the first leg of recovery uh, or to resist the pressures from higher interest rates. Uh, the estimates vary widely, but, um, you know, a fairly common number for the U.S., uh, you know, well down from its peak, but still around $1.2 trillion. Uh, in in and uh, excess savings, uh, a number that crops up frequently in relation to China is, is two trillion. These are dollar figures, and uh, somewhere around a trillion in Europe. So, uh, you know, one worthwhile signal to stay on top of that it does emerge from our money market fund data is that uh, you know there's still spending power out. There and, and when and how people choose to deploy it will obviously have implications for fighting inflation, which sectors to back, uh, what kind of growth models to buy into. So we usually give China a lot of airtime on on this podcast, um, but it's, it's especially a bit as a big player in the emerging market space. But what about India equity funds? Um, the latest week saw their ninth consecutive inflow and largest since the first quarter of 2018. 
Yeah, no, India certainly got some wind in its sails at the moment. Um, you know, last year it overtook the UK uh, in terms of the size of its uh, gross domestic product. Uh, this year it looks set to overtake China as the most populous nation in the in the world. Uh, growth. Uh, has been running, you know, around 6%. Um, India is one of those markets that does tend to uh, flatter to deceive. They're frequently, once it gets going, some kind of policy misstep uh, uh, undercuts, uh, you know, the full potential of where it might have got in that sort of upward swing. Um but it is certainly a market that you know investment banks and fund managers are talking about. Um, it is somewhat more transparent than China's markets, uh, and somewhat easier to get your money into and out of, which is an appealing feature. Um, and it's obviously getting a lift at the moment in that the worst case scenario for global energy prices hasn't materialized, which is a, a big issue for India, given that it imports something like 80 to 85 percent of the oil that it uses. Interesting. Um, well, I guess we can move on to uh, sector funds. So you isolated two groups this week, cybersecurity and also defense and aerospace. Um, as these topics have dominated headlines recently. Are investors particularly interested in these funds or are they moving away from them? Well, um, we've seen a sort of a, a changeover. Uh, in sort of 2020, when the, U- US, the rising U.S.-Chinese tensions were uh, sort of dominating the headlines and people's thinkings, uh, how to stop the alleged um, theft of uh, intellectual capital and data by uh, Chinese actors figured prominently in people's thinking. And there was a surge in demand for uh, cybersecurity solutions and investors focused on funds that uh, invested in that. Um, we saw a marked uh, shift uh, in the aftermath of Russia's attack on the Ukraine and, and the more conventional um, uh, defense and aerospace funds started to see more money. Um, I was a little surprised that uh, cybersecurity firm uh, funds were not seeing uh, continued inflows because it was, was certainly expected that um, you know cyber warfare would be an important part of uh, Russia's strategy, uh, both for putting pressure on Ukraine and on the uh, nations that are backing it. Um, but so the shift in uh, shift in interest, while not unexpected, was. Uh, yeah, has, has been sort of surprising in the degree. And speaking of degrees, I noticed that you uh, started to um, mine our commodity sector fund data to uh, a greater degree than I think we've done recently. Uh, uh, you, what did you unearth in this uh, exploratory 
expedition? Good question. Um, you know, as our as EPFR coverage has expanded, um, there's been a lot of credible subgroups in many of the different areas that we track. Um, we've talked about energy and technology subgroups here on the podcast before. Um, but for commodities, we did identify 11 major groups. Um, some of them included steel, uh, rare, rare earth and metals, um, and chemicals. Those three groups took in fresh money this week, but other groups like lithium and battery and timber and forestry saw outflows. Um, gold and silver funds are also included in commodities. Um, some funds are included in that, and, and those did see inflows this week. Well, it'll be be interesting to see what sort of uh, stories these uh, more granular corners of of some of our sector fund groups uh, start to tell us. Definitely. Um, I guess we can leave it off with one question. So not only does EPFR track fund flows and an indication of investor sentiment, but we also track allocation data. So how much fund managers are allocating to a specific group. Um, What does the latest data show for GEM fund managers? So GEM fund managers are um, certainly on the GEM equity side uh, buying into the idea that there will be a serious rebound in China's economy and it would be a good idea to position themselves for that. So that was probably the biggest takeaway from the the sort of latest update on uh, certainly our country allocations data. Great. Well, thank you, Cam, um, and look forward to speaking next week. Likewise. Enjoy the weekend. Great. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.buzzsprout.com or email us directly at epfrexchangepodcast at informa.com.